Today on CityCast Boise, the abrupt change to winter weather is hitting our unhoused neighbors hard. We're learning how to make the cold months a little warmer for folks experiencing homelessness in our community with Interfaith Sanctuary's Jody Peterson-Steigers. It's Tuesday, November 15th, 2022. I'm Emma Arnold, and this is CityCast Boise. Jody, thank you so much for being here. Hi, Emma. It's so nice to be here with you. You look nice and bundled, which uh, just gets me right into our first question. The weather changed so quickly this fall. We went from 70 degree highs and now all of a sudden it's like in the 40s and rain and snow. What has that meant for our unhoused neighbors? It's always the time where you kind of see the reveal about what homelessness is going to look like in the winter because When it's warmer outside, there are many more options for how you choose your shelter. When it gets this cold, suddenly there is this demand that's placed on you that you couldn't see. And what it looks like is we do not have enough beds to take care of all the people who need shelter. And daytime shelter, it's not enough to serve what is our growing need in the city of Boise. And so we are quickly ramping up and collaborating with our partners to figure out how we create more coverage. Yeah, our Hey Boise newsletter interviewed you last week, and you told us that you were having to turn people away, that you didn't have enough beds. Is this a problem you think will continue through the cold months? Yeah, I mean, it's looking just like it was last year um, with maybe earlier exposure. We are planning to make more space for daytime shelter and overnight shelter. We basically did a call out to find a military medical tent. I was trying to see if like the Air Force Base or Gowan Field or someone would know a way of locating a tent because last year we were able to overflow into a heated tent on the backside of our property, which was funded by the Emergency Solutions Grant, which that funding actually, it's no longer in existence. And that tent to rent was $6,000 a month. Wow. And so kind of an amazing story, but like I woke up, I couldn't sleep because it was like going to be below freezing. And I knew that the staff had a waiting list of like 21 guests. I called the Boise Army Navy store. I'm Jody Peterson. I'm with Interfaith. I'm trying to locate some sort of like sturdy, warm tent that could provide extra daytime shelter for people who are unhoused and at night provide safe overnight shelter. And the guy was like, you're not going to believe this. But like just yesterday, we got this military medical tent in. And all the time I've worked for Army Navy, I've never gotten a tent like this. He's like, let me check and see if all the parts are there, if it's in good shape, what the size is. And originally the tent was like a $10,000 tent that this owner was like having Army Navy sell. And he was going to sell it for like $4,000. But then when he found out it was our shelter... He let us buy it for $2,000. Oh, that's great. I know. Um, Even when you're like in a panic and you're trying to solve a problem, like it is always the collaboration and the partnerships and the beauty in the community that actually solves the problems. And it just lifts you up and keeps you going. Yeah, absolutely. So how many beds are you short right now? Well, we're going to try and put 15 army cots into the tent. We do have to construct the tent, put holes into the asphalt. So 
we're hoping to have that tent up and running by the end of the week. So is it fair to say you're turning away more people this year than in previous years? Like right now, it's the same. We were always short like 15 to 20 beds, you know, and it feels by the number of people that we see that are kind of in the alley and the tents that are popping up during the day and night, the indications are that it's going to be a tough winter and we're going to have to really work hard to keep people safe and inside. Yeah, sounds like that's going to be a very rough winter for folks. Um, Some people might not know that you're the only low barrier shelter in town. Can you explain what that means for people who don't already know? Yeah, so low barrier means that we're trying to give anyone who wants shelter and easy access in. It doesn't matter your sexual orientation, your race, your nationality. If you're clean and sober, um, there's no restrictions other than behavioral. So as long as you can come into our shelter and help create a safe environment, you're welcome with us. And you're, you know, we're talking how you have been short on beds, but you're trying to build a newer, larger shelter off of State Street, which has faced some community pushback, but also a good amount of community support, too, with the city council voting to allow the shelter to go forward finally this past spring. And it's tied up in a court battle now. How confident are you feeling that you'll be able to start building that shelter soon? It's hard for me to say I am very confident because, A, I've never done this before in my life where I've gone through a process of working with the city to build a new shelter. And the climate is different. Communities are different. Voices are different. And so I do think that there is some pressure in how well you can navigate it and just stay graceful and allow the process to do the right thing. So my faith is strong. My belief is strong. Um, I know the project is so needed, but no, I'm scared. I, you know, I, I'm not confident because I don't I don't really understand. You have had a lot of grace in this situation. Has it been a frustrating process for you? I'm such an empath that it's been more heartbreaking, you know, learning like it's a very steep learning curve. And I am so fortunate with the job that I have and the work that I do. I know who makes up our homeless population and I know how special they are and how worthy they are of being cared for. And I think that's a real advantage for me to do this work fearlessly. And so I'm super empathetic to like a neighborhood, not understanding like who this population is. I respect their fear. Um, But I do think that there's a lot of ways that you can overcome that by getting more informed in a really meaningful way. And I think that that's not a step that they've been willing to do. And and I think that's hurt all of us. I want to say, like, I've, I've watched this last year and I've, and I've just been very, very impressed by the way that you, like, the fact that you are able, that you have compassion for the people who are trying to stop the shelter, even though you know the need for it, that you're still, like, giving those people grace and patience and you know, hoping that they change their mind instead of just being angry with them, like really uh, is, has been pretty incredible to watch. So um, given the increase, uh, though, in demand that you're seeing this year, if the shelter does get built, um, will you have enough beds and resources then, do you think? We serve over 250 people. So that means that current the current number of people that we serve won't fit into the new building. It will be filled from day one. Wow. And who who are you serving right now that is like the most vulnerable? 
I don't know if you saw the the article that Margaret Carmel wrote in regards to like the elderly becoming part of this homeless situation. Yeah. So our hotel has lifted up programming for seniors who really should be in assisted care and in skilled nursing, but they've wound up on the backside of our property in the alleys, like being discharged and dumped. And so right now we have a program where we move those high medical needs to the hotel and we partner with home health and hospice and we deliver the services that they should be receiving at assisted care or skilled nursing to those hotel rooms. But it's not enough. The new shelter is designed specifically for 22 medical beds and two hospice rooms that will actually will have a medical um, exam room, will have a nursing station, and will be supported by actual medical partners who will come in to help us maintain that level of care. So we've learned how to do it better, but we need a new building that's designed in a very meaningful way to keep people safe. So for me, they feel like the most vulnerable right now. Yeah, it seems like that's probably a real almost like perfect storm with like housing becoming so expensive. And also you have this, you know, older generation of this very large generation all sort of getting older all at once as housing becomes so scarce. So uh, how can the community help out right now? What do you need most? What can we do? Quite honestly, there's two ways. Like some people, it's easier to go online, make a donation. Donations are essential. We're at the end of the year. And so funding right now helps us a great deal. Um, But there also are needs that are immediate to the guests themselves. It's cold. So we're asking for people to kind of gather their winter coats that are waterproof, galoshes, winter boots, anything that you're not using anymore that you know is perfect for this time of year. We are going to be lifting up more warming shelter space during the day. And we're partnering with Corpus Christi. And that tent that we just happily found at Boise Army Navy, that will run as a daytime shelter program as well. And so to help us with staffing, we are looking for daytime volunteers Monday through Sunday at both agencies, Corpus and Interface Sanctuary. So if there's anyone interested in actually coming down and working with us, that would be really helpful. Okay, good to know. And if somebody sees someone outside who looks like they need help in the cold, what resources can we point that person to? I love that question because the homeless situation has grown a lot and it's spread. So where you used to be able to kind of be reassured that everyone was homeless in this homeless corridor, it has it's not true anymore. People have fallen out of their housing who've never been homeless before. They're trying to stay away from shelters because it's scary to have to enter into that system. And so they maybe don't know about resources. Keep some extra hats, gloves, jackets that you might be donating maybe in the back of your car. Get that to people that you are concerned with. If you think that they're actually in very in danger of, you know, hypothermia or something like that call 911. And then there's a resource guide that the Boise Ada County Homeless Coalition has on their website that is printable. You can print out some of those or you can come grab them from some of our agencies to hand out to people who look like they're not quite sure how to navigate this new situation of homelessness. And before you head out, Our own Hey Boise newsletter is reporting that last Thursday, 
Boise police officers forced unhoused Boiseans out of their tents in the Cooper Court area downtown. According to eyewitnesses with Boise Mutual Aid, cleanup and total restoration staff who have a contract with BPD removed and destroyed personal property belonging to the unhoused folks. That's all for today here on CityCast Boise. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend? Leave us a review and don't forget to subscribe to our fantastic Hey Boise newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around the city. Bye.